You know what happened to me the other day? Uh, my The zipper on my pants fell apart. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the ADC Horrorcast. This is the Grid of the Top Podcast, brought to you by us over at ADCHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. And I want your eye, man. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who would have voted for Obama a third time if he could have. It's Mark. Hey, guys. I was going to do it, but then I knew you were going to do it, and I didn't want to steal I mean, your thunder. It was the It's, it's well, the obvious, yeah. It's the obvious, yeah. yeah, see? Yeah. For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 2017's Get Out, which was a Mark pick. Mark, good pick. Thank you. Uh, Yes, indeed. And hey, we will dive all the way into that real soon, and when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And we do have a Patreon going, but we are still not where your money should be going right now. So, as we have been for the past year, all of our Patreon proceeds are going to Feeding America to help somebody who needs it more than us. So you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror. That's A-T-O-Z horror. Support the show at your level of choosing and get some cool perks for your troubles. And the money is going somewhere better than us. And hey, if you don't want to do that, that's okay too. We just appreciate you being here and hanging out with us. But do do something that is within your purview to help somebody who needs it. We continue to use blacklivesmatters.carrd.co as a good list of resources of ways you can help. But if you need a little escapism for the next little bit, hopefully you can have some fun with us in the horror world. And boys, you know what that means. It's time to do the getting drunk part. So let's go. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hi, Jack. What are your beers for the 2017 film Get Out? I ooh, spicy. Uh, I thought this was a hard movie to beer. I don't know if you guys experienced it. Really was. Agree. I had a hell of a time. I thought about just making a white Russian because of the milk. You know. Wouldn't have been a bad idea. I ended I thought, up finding I one. I thought about I thought about getting like a white beer and then pouring out like a stout and pouring the white beer into the stout. <laughs> okay. Nope. No. I'm glad you didn't do that. Well, I mean, you know, it would have been performative. It would have been thematic. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been very thematic for this audio podcast thing that we have going. <laughs> Let me explain to you what I went with. I, I ended up finding one that I do like. It's by E9 Brewing in, in Tacoma, Washington. They're in the market now, and they've been here for a while. This is called Inner Worlds. It's a pale lager, and it really, the second I saw it on the shelf, it reminded me of the sunken place, so I rolled with it. I like that, it. yeah. That's okay. pretty solid. Good work, buddy. Sure. Um, I also had trouble uh, beering this movie, but then I was walking down the aisle again, and Worthy IPA is one I've chosen before, but seemed to fit this movie pretty well, and the whole thing is mainly Allison Williams, but her whole clan picking people they deem as worthy for this process. Uh, so that's kind of a, you know one of the themes of the film. So I picked a worthy Northwest IPA. Mark, how about you? Uh, saving the best for last. I Fuck got you. a local beer by Uinta, uh, Uinta's Baba Black Lager. Now, the reason I did this is quite obvious uh, that, you know, a sheep <laughs> typically, uh, typically, <laughs> I, I lo- wow, I'm fucking all of this up. You're doing a great job explaining it. Yeah. So, so nailed it. Uh, guys, panicking. No. Uh, <laughs> lager, typically a you know lighter side beer. It's a light-skinned beer. The black lager side is uh, you know brewed to be a much darker beer. So what you have is not only a beer that has been voted the best beer in Utah before, um, but you also have a you know darker-skinned beer as a lighter-skinned type of beer 
<laughs> For those that didn't know, this movie's about race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Let's just um... fucking say it. <laughs> God damn it! I dude. suppose if you go in blind and you didn't know that, then that came off as very weird, and I apologize. <laughs> oh no, Mark! It was very weird for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't any less weird because we've seen the movie. Uh, I think you found that I nailed it, though, right? Uh, <laughs> I like Baba. It's a good beer. Yeah, it is but... a good beer, and it also matches the themes of this movie perfectly. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of work you had to do to get there, but sure, I suppose. Uh, but drinking beers and watching Get Out isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other horror stuff. So why don't we talk about what's been rocking our horror world? Starting, of course, with paying up on Lost Beers for Fears. Let's hit that sound effect. Mmm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What a idiot you suck I have one uh, to pay up I have a lot to pay up on here I think I'm the only person with outstanding beers for fears and I think I have like 11 of them I got I've been I, losing I believe so much. that someday you'll have watched all of them <laughs> and, and, and that's just my log you're have, grows you're have plane rides in your future there's a post-covid world yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, either way, I lost for the movie The Squad or El Paramo. Um, is it is that the rolled R or not rolled R? That no, mean, those it would not, not be rolled. It's only There's no rolling okay. of that R. Paramo. Um, and so I, yep. I don't know. I'm guessing Spanish language was the theme of the poll. I had to watch The Platform. Um, oh, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I love that um, movie. Yeah, yeah I love this movie, too. It's available on Netflix, so the barrier to entry is very low. It's weird as hell, but it's fantastic. Super holy fun shit. is fun question mark, but fun. But it is fun. Very entertaining. It's weird as hell, super entertaining, and, like, way gorier than I was expecting, too. And, oh, yeah. And, like, visceral goriness in, like, scenes that kind of reminded me of the way, like, The Raid and The Raid 2 and The Raid Redemption are directed, just that, like, brutal bone-crunching action gore. Uh, it kind of evoked a lot of that stuff. This is a brilliant movie. I love this movie. <laughs> it's super cool. Yeah, holy shit, so weird. For people who don't know, this is about a, like a prison that has a whole bunch of levels, two people per level, and food comes descends levels, and you just get to eat off the food platform so the people on the lower levels get less. You can it's choose, weird as shit. Yeah, you can like choose to go in to pay off various debts, and then like you're in for a number of months. And then each month you get randomly assigned to a level. <laughs> this is a movie about the trickle down economy. I mean, kind of, yeah, yeah, basically. And why <laughs> I mean, communism yes. should be a thing, I guess. Uh, <laughs> there it's... are politi- socio political economic themes here. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into them because they're. Oh, no, we, we really don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the, some of the themes of this movie are pretty heavy handed, such as him reading Don Quixote, but sure. some of them are subtle and well written. Mm-hmm. Um, like the upper levels taking a shit on the lower levels, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the subtle that's ones the subtle yeah. I'm talking about, Mark. <laughs> that's if you look closely, he takes a shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you look, if you really get in there, you can see. Uh, anyway, Stop this it. movie's great. Yeah, um, pretty cool. Thank you for picking it, patrons, and Mark, I guess, for putting it on the list. You're welcome. We are woefully far behind on our polls. We do really need to catch up. (laughs) Whatever. At some point, all of this will be out there, but there have been a lot of life things happening for people that are part of this podcast, so. Yeah. Yep. Crazy times all around. Anyway, I I think I'm the only one who's been losing, so I'm the only one who has any to even pay up on, so I'm guessing neither of you have any to talk about. I am all caught up on mine. I did just lose for a dark song, uh, but we haven't done the movie poll for that yet, so I don't have something mm-hmm. to 
Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, well then let's expect uh, some bulls, patrons. <laughs> Let's cue Scatman. The regular dump. Scatman's world. All right, regular rocking horror worlds. I've got one to talk about, uh, but it is a bit of a banger. Where do you guys want me to go? First, second, last? What do you What do you Just what do you go. Feel? Just go, Just man. Just go, dude. Just do it. Oh, boy. It's a bit of a banger. <laughs> it is a bit of a banger, dude. I can't uh, wait we, to be disappointed by it. I've got bangers up and down on mine, so. I watched the movie Lucky. Oh, so did I. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. This is on uh, Shudder. This is the Brie Grant written and directed by Natasha Kermani, who Nailed I had it. not heard of um, apart from that. But this movie rules. Holy shit, this was a good movie. Interesting. Different um, take. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this this movie is um, kind of the, the Groundhog Day, but not really. Every night a, a, a in home invader attacks this couple's house, and every night they have to beat him off and kill him or whatever they have to do, fend him off. Uh, and then every night it happens again. The protagonist, uh, Brie Grant, doesn't know what's going on or why, and you experience like her frustration of everybody around her seeming to know more about what's going on as you learning it slowly as she does. Um, this movie is not at all what I thought it was going to be, but it is really good. <laughs> okay. I thought it was middling at best. Uh, is where I would come in. Oh hell, that's yeah. interesting. <clears throat> I, for one, I, I think I was thrown a little bit by how disparate it was with the actual tone of the trailer. It is not in any way a fun movie. No, and I thought it was going to be not. a fun movie. What? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're leveraging the Groundhog Day thing uh-huh. in a very serious manner, uh, and also really not leveraging it at all. Like, yeah, it's, no, it's kind of just a thing that happens that. They either do, they either are or are not aware of. This is one of the, I don't know. The the thing that I ultimately came to is for a movie that is as unambiguous as this one is with its metaphors, I was just really wishing it had something more to say. Uh, see, I thought this had a lot of fascinating things to say about like women dealing with male violence and PTSD and just a lot of really interesting stuff, even from like the way the story is told from her perspective, where everybody else around her is like dismissive. I thought it was brilliantly written. So, I mean, it, it is interesting and it does come to a head in one scene that I thought was actually like truly fantastic. The one where she's talking to like seven different people at once. Yeah. Um, but it's it's probably worth a watch because it is a little bit weird and different. And um, I don't know if it's Brie or Bria, but Brie Grant in the lead role does a fantastic job basically carrying this movie. She's uh, she's basically I mean, she is the one person in this movie. And then there's like a bunch of additional people who have significantly lesser parts than she does. Um, yes. So she turns in a great performance here. Um, and it is an interestingly put together movie. I, I think that's just the thing, though, is like as you do these types of metaphorical things and you lay it on as thick as this movie does, it's going to hit different people different ways. Uh, I am going to, you know, couch all of this with that this movie is very clearly uh, for the female audience and kind of speaking to the challenges of women in society today. So I'm probably not the appropriate voice to be talking about this one. Uh, But I did ask my wife what her thoughts were on it, and she was in the same boat as me of kind of shrugging her shoulders and being like, ah, (laughs) so... (laughs) I don't know. I'll hide behind her opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's a really interesting movie in any case. I I recommend it. Um, This movie does not let you off the hook as the viewer. It is a hard watch, um, but it's really good. I am 
flabbergasted. Yeah, I, I I didn't read anything about it before I watched it, so I was expecting well, a lighthearted romp, and yeah. this was not a lighthearted romp. They are romp. joking for <laughs> a good portion of that trailer. There are jokes. Yeah. What and the there's, fuck? And, and the jokes exist entirely within the first six minutes of this movie. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Yep. Don't think I'm going to be watching this one. <laughs> I mean, See earlier comment about I'm not into serious shit right now from like six weeks ago. No, from like six months ago. Fuck. <laughs> Still the same. Groundhog Day over uh, here. Anyway, that's all I've got to talk about. Jake, why don't you hit us with some yeah, stuff? Yeah, I, I have one. I, it, it, I haven't been watching many movies outside of what we've done weekly, but I got through one. This is one that, Jack, you've spoken about. I was intrigued based on your review in Rocking Horror Worlds. Uh-oh. I watched The Dark and The Wicked. Oh, I watched yeah. this one, too. Oh, let's <laughs> nice. talk about it. Did you watch it on Shudder, Mark? I mean, of course I did. Okay, cool. I'm just, you know. It did. Our I mean, it just Shutter came to Shudder. get their name. It just came to Shudder at the end of February. Yeah. So I guess I guess that makes sense that you would ask me. For a second, I had it in my brain that it was an exclusive, but Yeah, it's you, not. C- you could have watched it before that. Um, I anyway. would guess that Mark did not like this movie as much as Jake, mm. is my prediction. Mm. <laughs> well, let's let Mark go first. Um, I've been really excited to see this movie actually uh aside from jack's glowing recommendation um i got a bunch of unsolicited recommendations by people at work <laughs> also coming up to me and being like, have you seen dark and the wicked yet oh you need to see dark and the wicked so i was pumped uh when this one finally came around in a place that i could very easily see it on charter and it's a good movie like it's definitely good um mm-hmm. it is dark and brooding there's a really mm-hmm. good variety of scares you get everything from like jump scares to like the background creepy people to like full-on well-lit bloodbath stuff mm-hmm. um it still is just kind of a slow burn i mean i don't know it's a it's I, it's it's excellent but it yeah. didn't like totally blow my mind yeah and it's got a lot of that like uh you know just sweeping expansive shots over isolated barren like landscape stuff to make you feel alone and empty I, yeah it does capture the isolation element very very well i think that the, the the tone and the mood more so that this movie sets is pretty phenomenal mm-hmm. uh outside very of that i agree with what mark said it's a good movie it didn't blow me away but i'm kind of wondering how much of that is related to the fact and like this is a very personal comment like i just am not i'm not reacting to or being as affected by these like American Christian rooted movies, especially like rural Christianity as the centerpiece for how this unfolded, like really isn't doing it for me. So uh, that one, like I had to kind of walk, like put that to the side and then let the movie happen, which was luckily very easy because the tone, like I said, or the mood it sets is just super phenomenal. It it puts you off balance and makes you very uneasy from the get-go. There are a ton of different scares peppered in here that I think are really smart, some pretty good jump scares, too. Um, it It's a smaller movie, but it does everything that it needs to do, and I would definitely give it a recommend. The only other thing that I would say is this is directed by Brian Bertino, who did The Strangers. He did The Monster a couple of years ago. I think he did the follow-up to The Strangers, which I haven't seen. I heard it wasn't nearly as it's good. It's not good. Yeah, but this <laughs> this one is good, and I would recommend it. Yeah, uh, I would. Too. I don't know if it's a banger though. It, it's, it's worth good. calling out Marin Ireland's performance as well. I think because it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's yeah, that's about that's about spot on. I, the only other thing I guess I would say is that like this movie in particular reminded me a lot of Autopsy of Jane Doe. I could see that. Yeah. 
I think what it did in with fact, the isolation I think, elements. I think if Jack you, said that originally. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Maybe you like whatever. I don't he remember anything that, that he says, so he seeded it in my brain. <laughs> uh, it that would be an accurate comparison. I've compared Jack. a lot of things to the autopsy of Jane Doe recently, though, just because I watched it a bunch of times recently. <laughs> and yet we just from an talked isolation about perspective, and I think a lot of the same, th- like a lot of the horror elements and ways that it goes about it, scares are quite similar. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I, fair. I, I think ultimately the thing that we're probably both circling around, and to me also sort of factored into how I viewed Lucky, was the idea is there, but sort of the theme itself, like the underlying purpose for the movie was more, I well, in the sense of Lucky, was confusing to me, and in the sense of The Dark and the Wicked kind of wasn't there. Like, yeah, it's it's interesting when you say that, Mark, because I, I was thinking about that and, like, the themes and the metaphorical aspects. I was comparing it to uh, Relic, um, and I think that Lucky is a lot like the Relic, and it's a super allegorical movie. It just didn't do as good a job making mm-hmm. as watchable a film surrounding the metaphor and allegory as uh, the Relic did, or Relic did. Just Relic. The, the Relic is the one from 1996 from 90s, about the giant yeah. cockroach in a, <laughs> in a, in a Banger. In museum. Banger. That is that dude. We need to watch that movie. That movie rules. Well, you could pick it. <clears throat> I could. We just had a draft though. So. Okay, Mark. So we've 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 talked about bangers. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that you would have called either of the two that you've now weighed in on bangers. So I'm interested. I would have to called see both the... of them bangers. Okay, great. I was wondering what the up and down the list meant. Oh yeah, I mean, so the third movie that I had was After Midnight, which I think is also certifiable. Eh, kind of yes. low key banger. Low key banger, but low key awesome. banger. It's like it's a mumblegore banger. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know if it's a banger simply because of what it is, but it's great. God, that movie stick stuck with me too. I'm still thinking about that movie. I'm, I'm surprised that it's you. Definitely are the. I think you're gonna be the one that likes it the most. It's a good movie though. Just to just to round everything out, this one's also on Shutter. <laughs> hey yo. So there uh, we heater. have a type. Um, <laughs> this one's available everywhere else as well, uh, yeah. along with the Dark and the Wicked. Um, but it is now. I, I've I've had it tagged on my Amazon Prime list for a long time. Um, and it used to be free there, and then I had to pay for it, so then I, it dropped a little bit, and then now it's free. And I was like, hey, let's do this. Um, <laughs> cool story. Boy, this was <laughs> not the movie I was expecting it to be at all. Not one bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually super happy that I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. After we both spoken about it. Jack described this, or maybe it was Jake, I don't know, one of you described this as the male version of Spring, which I'm still confused about because I don't agree with that at all. Jake did. <laughs> did I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we. I, I was talking about how this is like is one from. of the only, I mean, because I, I said this was one of the only like horror romances I can think of, and mm-hmm. then we got to talking about Spring, and then I think you said like it, it is, but it would be like the male version of Spring. I don't think it was an actual like thing. Oh, it wasn't like a real take? Yeah. 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 This is just a romantic drama um, with about 30 to 45 seconds of horror movies <laughs> stitched into it. Um, in a, in a, it you know, it's a mumble gore, like werewolf thing set in a town where apparently you can walk out onto a street and fire a shotgun at oncoming traffic and the sheriff comes out to give you like a stern slap on the wrist. So Texas. <laughs> a, hey, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. We don't allow that here. Uh, every, I mean... It's a weird one. I think if you if you want a mumblegore thing, you're familiar with the work of Jeremy Gardner, go after this one. I loved the performance of Henry Zabrowski, who plays Wade. He's only in it for, like, two <laughs> scenes, but his, like, weird conversational best friend walking through the backwoods trying to find this werewolf thing is, I think, the best scene in the movie, aside from, you know, the actual point that it builds to at the end. Um <laughs> 
but boy, oh boy, this is a peculiar one. The, the <laughs> point that it ends, it, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, How they're completely different things. One, a thing. one is charming, and the other thing is like, woof. Okay, that's a choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's and then in the middle of a whatever. Don't spoil it, Jesus Christ! There's in this movie, oh listeners, I apologize. You can How bleep that you. out if you want, Jack. I will. Thank you. Okay. Cool. No, he won't. <laughs> I mean, kidding? time will tell. We'll know in about six weeks. <laughs> More like four. <laughs> um, lastly, so this is probably the biggest banger on the list. Oh, God. Uh, I saw this little movie called My Wife Had a Baby, uh, which came out uh, this last February. <laughs> it was a very limited theatrical release. Only in only in Salt Lake City, Utah. I heard only only in Salt Lake City. Yeah, you could say it was associated with Sundance, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, horror-ish mostly, but if you're a fan of body horror, uh, that's a, it's it's definitely in that category. Um, yeah, so that's good. I think I would <laughs> give it a body tentative. horror thing called childbirth. <laughs> There's going to be a significant percent of our listeners that are still like, Mark, "What is he actually talking about?" Googling my wife had a baby, and I am not finding any film by that name at all. Jack, take a step back for a second and think about it. No, I understand. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were also talking. I thought there was an actual movie. I thought you were going to then. Uh, oh, no. No, you, I just no, no, missed no, your... No, 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 <laughs> well, no. Oh, sweet boy. I'm just going to drink my way through this. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so, you know, my wife had a baby. Congratulations, Mark. You're a father. Yay. Yay. Everything's Meanwhile, good. Meanwhile, I spent last night playing poker till 4 a.m. and trying to drink my way through the weird liquors on my liquor shelf. What are <laughs> the weird ones? Renovin? Uh, some That's, like Chambois, okay. uh, uh, some That's weird. Kraken rum, yeah. some some uh, uh, yeah, just a lot of bad bad stuff to take shots of. Brennan's like not a weird liquor though. But Brennan is a weird liquor. Brennan's um, great, but it's it's good. I like Brennan. Tastes like birdseed. Mm. It tastes like anise. No, it smells like birdseed. Yeah, tastes like anise. Yeah, yeah. anise. <laughs> you said that and about fine furniture, Jake. the pronunciation of anus as you could get while still getting away with it being anus. Hey, okay, let's go to the feature presentation. <laughs> Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2017's Get Out. Now, Mark, you picked this movie. Explain why. Uh, we have a nasty habit of picking like our favorite movies for the year. Um, and then having never reviewed them. So I'm going to probably try and sprinkle these in uh, throughout the next few drafts where we pick our top ones uh, for the <laughs> years um, and actually you know, discuss them. That said, I don't think... I'm trying to remember if Get Out actually won for 2017. I, I don't think, think it, it did. did, but I need what to go else back and listen. Have. I don't think it did. I don't know. I need to go back, and I, I'm sure I have the document. Maybe I'll pull that up here while you guys are jib-jabbing. I probably yeah, should have done a little bit of due diligence before this podcast. But You're good, buddy. You were too busy watching that movie, My Wife Had a Baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Time just melts, hey. man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously an incredible movie, uh, nominated for multiple, multiple Academy Awards. Everybody was talking about it back in 2017. It's been superseded by us at this point. Um, superseded. And, well, I mean, superseded in in chronology. literal terms. Okay. I don't. I don't. I think everyone. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's a conversation we should have. I think everyone on this podcast would probably say Get Out is the superior movie to us. But I would say that. Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> there. Done. We had the conversation. <laughs> it's um, unanimous. Nice. And we did. I think when this came out, we did a like an extended rocking horror worlds about it, but we didn't 
yeah. ever talk about it with the full treatment. Um, we've yeah. all seen this. I think we all saw it in theaters, like you said, right? I did not see it in theaters as far as I know. Oh, interesting. DVD in the mail, buddy. Okay. Yeah. This, this was one that I bought tickets to, like, I bought like, like $40 or $5 worth of tickets to this, I think. Because I bought them for like, for, I bought like a four pack at one point, and then nobody Jesus would come with me, Christ. so I didn't go alone. Like it's. Uh. Wasn't this one of the ones too that when it came out, Jordan Peele went on like a whole thing about like you really got to see it in the movie theaters to capture the experience or something like that. Oh yes. yeah, I didn't yeah, love he that. Did. Yeah, I but mean, it, I was, it's his yeah. it directorial debut. Like, sure. I'll, I'll cut him some slack. <laughs> no, that's fine. Whatever. Um. All right, so. Let's uh, start talking about this thing. But let's Mark, do the first, next thing. I, you you <laughs> guys you really threw me off with your dumb joke about your baby, Mark. <laughs> I'm all I'm, flustered. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've rocked your world. I thought it was a pretty good joke. Like, I was <laughs> off balance for a couple seconds. It was good. <laughs> well, I also stopped listening to him and started Googling that title, and it could not find it. So <laughs> Asshole. It's compounded problem. Mark, you picked this movie. You have to give us a 30-second plot synopsis. 30 oh seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. Chris, a black man, is dating Rose, a white woman, and they go up to the, the North Country to like visit her family. Uh, they're remarkably woke up in appearance, but then they have a whole background community thing. There's a big old party that happens, and it's actually a silent auction to figure out who gets to inhabit Chris's body. See, the wife is a hypnotist and causes him to go into the sunken place, and then they can replace his personality with a white personality of whoever actually buys him. Uh, they try and do all that, but he breaks out, kills everybody, and then runs away in the TV. PSA helps him in the end. How Time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well done. That, that was pretty good. good. That was really good. Uh, yeah. There's That's a, a hard movie to 30 second. Movie. Yeah. There's a lot Because also there's a lot of race stuff happening here. Yeah. Uh, at the top, we are not the people who are qualified to talk about this Yeah. Movie. So let's do a full <laughs> fucking podcast on it. Three white guys. Three yep. White let's dudes. do it. Nice. Let's just put the big disclaimer here. Do like air horn noises. We're three white guys. <laughs> we don't know shit about this. <laughs> there we're yeah. done good and uh we gotta dive all the way into this movie but first we gotta talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into yeah. and it's, it's kind of tough i mean it's psychological yeah it's definitely psychological yeah. um, um it, it's hard <laughs> what would uh, yeah, body snatcher it's, in a way I mean, sort of. That's yeah, not a subgenre. It's not a subgenre. I mean, this is a psychological, <laughs> like, border. It's also, like, borderline cult movie, but not really, because they're kind of like a creepy cult-type family that yep. has this whole system set up. I think yeah. this is tipping my hand a little bit as to what this movie does right, but I think its lack of genre is what this movie does right to a certain sure. extent. The writing, can we just get into what the movie does right? Because there aren't any other categories. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, shortest, sure, yeah. shortest segment ever. The writing, the writing is is very tight in this. Jordan Peele also wrote this. It was one of the things that he'd been working on, I think, for a long time, if memory serves. Um, and it is unceasingly clever. And I think mm-hmm. overall, the actual like narrative arc is something that really doesn't have a parallel to other movies that I can think of. Absolutely, I completely agree. I mean, I guess you could say like, guess who's coming to dinner? I, I think that was one of the things that he was inspired by in the first place, where he watched this movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, uh, that had very similar themes but was not a horror movie. Um, <laughs> it was like, man, that is scary to go to a new place and it's like your girlfriend's white family. Oh, that's weird. And then he wrote a <laughs> horror movie about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's part of it. Is it fully transcends subgenre? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I mean, the writing throughout this is really tight and also pays homage to a thousand other <coughs> horror movies sure. because Jordan Peele is legitimate, like died in the wool horror fan, which yeah. we know now. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was a new thing back in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> all, all we knew him from was Key and Peele. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of obvious that like he is a very intelligent mind that has spent a long time appreciating probably a lot of things, horror being one of them. But this is a hell of a coming out party for being like, yeah, guess what? I know my horror. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So and I just as a little bit of an aside here, I fucking love him as the Rod Serling surrogate in the new Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's so sure. good. It's so good. <laughs> By far the best part of the two episodes of the new Twilight Zone I've seen. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> hey man, I've only I only watched the promo one and I agree. The one with Camille? Yeah. Yeah. You're on a first name basis with Mr. Nanjiani? Oh yeah, buddy. Okay, cool. <laughs> Hollywood Jack over here. <laughs> um as far as the complexity of the story goes, too, the other thing that struck me at least the first time I watched it, and I think fully changes the timbre of the movie when you're when you're going through on a rewatch, is, and we've already talked about, you know, this is a this is a movie about race, um, but the fact that they fetishize him instead of hating him is such an interesting tack on on how the situation could have unfolded like if you if i just walk up to you and i say hey what's a generic racist horror theme it's like you know lynching or something like that right it's the big it's the first episodes of lovecraft country where right. you're just getting harassed and everyone hates you this is not completely opposite but a very different direction to go in well where absolutely it's the complexity of race in modern society because i yes. agree with like how things are coming across but then they're still auctioning off a black man there's a legit <laughs> like, slave auction i mean it, there is a legit yeah so it's like it's it is i think what it's going for is like how deeply ingrained that is and how we as a society like in 2017 2016 whenever this was actually like finished and they started shooting it what that looks like because you offset that with like the police scenes i guess there's two of them that i think are super important especially now talking about it in 2021 yeah. like what we've seen yeah. in the last yeah, year dude, holy the, i mean shit. i guess 2017 isn't too far removed from plenty of other police no but violence, there's a different but, social awareness now yeah it's yeah a bad the ending thing that, that happened but it's real <clears throat> The ending, I'll throw a very loose twist on here, but the ending reveal of airport security on the side of the police car is so good. such so good. a massive sigh of relief. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think it was at the time, too, but now it's only magnified more by, you know, the events of the past summer. But sure. Woof. Yeah. Uh, he he can write a he can write a good script, man. Holy Fuck shit! Yeah, yeah. Well, and all the individual like <clears throat> elements of the script, not just the dialogue, are all super tight. They're like the this is a lesson in planting and payoff, right? That screenwriting concept where like they start his cell phone is he forgot to charge his cell phone the one night. It's just these these elements that he plants really well then pay off so heavily later in the movie, and there's no wasted space. Right, mm -hmm. right, exactly. I I you know what? I'm wondering if. Me watching this, because I watched this, whatever, four days ago, and I watched Lucky two days ago, and I'm wondering if sort of the clarity and nuance of the vision in this movie almost spoiled mm. Lucky <laughs> for me, if that sure. makes sense. When you I mean, watch like a transcendental film, you're just like, you can't, you shouldn't compare it to something else, really. It's a hard <laughs> thing to do. Well, yeah, if you stack this up against another movie that's trying to make like a societal point about, yeah. you know, something that's wrong with us, mm -hmm. um, and one is 
get out and the other one is not as well realized, then I think that the differences there become sure. a little bit more glaring. I think what sure. I'm getting at here is I just need to talk to Jack offline about Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> we'll just watch it. It's on well, Shutter, Jake. You're going to talk <laughs> offline, though, and then I'm going to be left out, so there's no point. Okay, I'll talk to Jack offline, and then I'll talk to you offline, okay. and then I'll tell Jack what you told me offline, and then you guys okay. can get back together and good. talk offline. Okay, yep, this is the and, right situation. This is yeah. this is inefficient, and I like it. Okay, good. Good. We're back. Hey, the other <laughs> thing this movie does great is its fucking cast is incredible. Yep, that's oh, my biggest my note. God. Every single person in this movie is, I cannot think of a, a better <laughs> a better person to be in that role. And Daniel period. Kaluuya is unbelievable. Everyone, it, every yeah. single person. Kaluuya was um, nominated for his role in this, right? I'm pretty I sure. I think so. Yeah, yeah, as um, lead actor. Well, and also it was emphasized for me because uh, my lovely wife and I just watched Judas and the Black Messiah, mm-hmm. where Daniel Kaluuya plays Fred Hampton and does an unbelievable job there too. And then I watched Get Out, and I was like, Jesus, he's like the best actor I've ever seen. I think so. Supposedly, I read the first like I attempted to read the IMDb trivia page, and then if you look at it, it's like a you know. M- 70 page long book of Mm -hmm. stuff but one of the first things is that he got his role daniel kaluuya got his role in this movie because he did the crying scene the scene where he's being hypnotized okay uh three different times and the tear rolled down his cheek at exactly the same time and all three takes wow which is just i mean like what the fuck what a weird (laughs) mode you'd have to be able to get into mentally right there's a lot of so before I make that point, the other thing that we should highlight here, Allison Williams and Fate and basically her first big role. She'd done like a few other small things, but this was her premiere. She was like, yeah, she was in a, her like, uh, what her reel consisted of probably a bunch of those old, like Jake and Amir sketches from college <laughs> humor. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. But the scene with, uh, Chris crying as he's being hypnotized and the scene where, uh, Rose is on the phone talking to Lil Rel about him being about Chris being yeah. missing and her face is completely fucking deadpan and her voice is doing the concerned girlfriend voice mm-hmm. those two scenes are absolutely incredible <laughs> those th- that's impossible you, humans cannot do that it's unbelievable how do I your actually, neurons work i'm happy you mentioned the Al- the Allison Williams scene because when i was watching it this time like what she when you watch that it's it comes across at least for me it comes across like very strangely obviously because it's so such like a cognitive dissonance. I rewound it and just listened to it, and it it comes across a lot more believably when I don't have to look at her doing that because so it feels crazy. so disingenuous and shitty. Oh, and then if you just yeah. listen, it's pretty damn good. I was impressed. Well, That's like, a, I, seen... I should have done that. That's a really good like mental yeah. exercise. Yeah, I think I've seen this should, movie yeah, like three or four times now. I don't I don't remember exactly how many, but every time I still trust the Allison Williams character until like halfway through <laughs> she the is, movie. She is <laughs> she's so, so nice. She's so likable. She just likeable. can't find her keys, Jack. <laughs> she's so likable. Oh, man. And then so terrifying. The milk scene is unbelievable. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, dude, a glass of milk, get the fuck out of here. Where she's, gone where through she's this. like Googling NCAA basketball. What? No, where she's, dr- where binging, she's dr- drinking where she's a glass binging. of milk. And drinking and using Bing. Yeah, and Jack. That I I noted that down <laughs> too. Using Bing. That is I the really biggest psychopath. Low key, we're cross talking a lot because we're all very excited. But low key, the Bing part was the worst part. It was horrifying. It's like how how many 
indicators of her being a psychopath kind of crammed into one I love that they added Bing. I didn't even fucking notice it the first time because I was too mortified by the milk. But fuck Bing. Oh, my yeah. God. She's so good. Yeah. I, I mean, everyone. Lakeith Stanfield is great as the, the person you interact with the most who like has had the procedure done to him. Mm-hmm. Like his, and breaking through a little bit. Oh, it's fantastic. He's so good. Yeah, all the moments where people have to pause because it just got hit by a flash photography something or other and then freak out, have a seizure or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously this podcast is a, a all-around noted fans of Bradley Whitford yep. and he is in top-notch form in this movie. Well, he would have voted for Obama a third time, Jeff. <laughs> it's so He good. is incredible. He's incredible. The only... Well, okay. I'm gonna save this. I'm gonna save this for a little bit later segment. But that's probably a bad take then. Mm, okay. <laughs> cool. I, I, I'll, it's fine. I'll tell you it's a bad take later. Okay. I, I would just throw out there. Chris Hayes had a good tweet recently where he was talking about I want to do a whole piece on my show about how hard Stacey Abrams works and how great she is, but I keep every time I write it, I just sound like Bradley Whitford from Get Out. <laughs> oh, I think I saw that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> <laughs> should we also should we also linger for a moment on what a fucking weird and perfect role for Steven Root? Yep. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yep. That dude could do anything. Yep. I mean, he can't. <laughs> but the things he can do, he does exceptionally really well. well. I yeah. remember he played Bill on uh, King of the Hill the other day, and that gave me joy. He does? Yeah. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> do you want to revise your take, Mark? <laughs> Maybe he can do anything. Well, I mean, no, because I think if King of the Hill Just were live no. action, Stephen Root would also fit into that role pretty well. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Caleb Landry Jones, weirdest character in the movie. Uh, that was also, what I was going to bring up later. later. Okay. Yeah. Also, like, if you're going to have that character be who that character is, pretty great fit from, like, a physical acting perspective. Jesus. Yes. He has the Christ. physicality. Yeah. Holy Jesus. Sure. I mean, they use, they, like, have an homage in this movie to uh, what the shit what the shit's it called um great great job jake good work um yep <laughs> oh, oh good. okay jake's just drinking okay good at least uh, he's still sitting down i i would have really just appreciated if he just got up and walked away at that point I, i'm about ready to i'm about ready to fucking throw sorry i've been i, I don't even know i've been ready. planning like all day and i am in a spell are so. you talking about another CLJ movie or just something else No, I'm else talking about entirely? the classic. I'm talking about the classic. I can't even think of it right now. Deliverance? It's talking about Deliverance. Yeah, well, he's on the patio with the like <laughs> ukulele. Feels like oh, I guess. is that what they're going for? I I took Obviously. it as yes. I thought so, yeah. Deliverance. But I didn't know- Jesus Christ. I need beer. I didn't even know at all what you were trying to get to there. Well, that's because was... he provided zero context, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's like that they were invoking that thing, you know, the movie from 40 years ago, unrelated to this thing that we're talking about. Exactly. You see, we got there. It didn't even take that long. Most of it was you guys just being apoplectic at my inability to communicate, which is part of the course, but, you know. Well, and Catherine Keener as the, the mm-hmm. matriarch is so threatening and so scary. What all, okay, what all has she been in? Because I... Haven't seen many of her roles. What I have seen, she's been tremendous in, but what sticks out is the Into the Wild adaptation. Okay. <laughs> and I know that's not right, but I, she was great in that movie. Uh, she was movie. like the, I think she was the the love interest in the 40-year-old virgin. She really? was one and of them, I think. The, the, I, one that's, the, the one that sticks out for me is uh, John Malkovich. Being yeah, John being John Malkovich, oh, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, did she win an Oscar for that? I, I have She was no at least clue. nominated. Um, anyway. I don't know. She's been around forever, like- Scroll through her work sometime. It's like a it's a whole thing. It's a scroll yeah. bar. <laughs> yeah. In any case, we've just 
said good things about everyone in this film, I believe. Yeah, but the this her in particular is l- low key terrifying because she's got the combination of like the that like uh, parents of your significant other vibe, right? The overprotective thing, but then also there's like an underlying deeper threatening. You need to stop smoking around my daughter. Like just it's scary on a number of different levels. That's a. That's another actually really good scene of the concerned parent who still mm-hmm. isn't evil, but you can tell there's something there of yeah. like you smoking around my daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, like meeting your father-in-law while he's cleaning his rifles and stuff. That was how <laughs> I met my current father-in-law this time. Yes, exactly. I was picking <laughs> I was picking my lovely wife up for a date, and he was in the living room polishing his Winchester. Wait, are you there you go. A euphemism. I like that you say my current father-in-law. Like you're you're well, I, whatever your previous he wasn't my father-in-law in-law. at the time. Now father-in-law. <laughs> he is now my but father-in-law. He's yeah. not he's not the third in a string of various fathers-in-law. Is that, is that, a, is that a true story? Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jesus why Christ. I made that joke, Jake. That was the specific example. Oh, I was don't no, about. don't 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 do that. Don't do that like I know what's up now after you missed the baby thing. I see what you're doing, sir. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> you're not allowed. <laughs> not today. Do Where we the hell go were into- we? This movie's We're good. still in what the movie does, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's and we the right I place think to be. I think we talked about every single part of the cast except for Lil Rel Howery. Who oh, is he's also great. fucking I mean, amazing. He's great, too. Just remember so the funny. six months that he was relevant? <laughs> <laughs> he's so um, funny. But, yeah, he's a he's a good comedic break in the background there. Do we need to, like, take a, take a moment to pontificate on just, like, the level? We've talked about the nuance of the story, but just the level of kind of background detail that is also in this movie? Probably. Yeah, that's sure. another Go thing for this it. movie Detail does, orientation right? <laughs> is a thing the movie does, right? So, yes. yeah. The little, the subtle little lines that you pick up on the second viewing of, you know, we keep a little piece of my gr- of uh, of mom in the kitchen when yeah. they're touring the house, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. This isn't mm-hmm. a small detail, but I mean, this is a very clear indication that something's wrong. But I love the scene where Chris sticks his fist out for a fist bump from uh, Lakeith Stanfield, oh, yeah. and he grabs his hand and shakes it like it's a handshake. <laughs> yeah. um, the you guys mentioned the milk and and Fruit Loops or whatever she's eating. Yeah, Fruit Loops. Mm-hmm. Earlier, I mean, there's there's a bunch of that stuff. I the the one that really stuck with me this time, that I did not even put together after watching the first. I only got it kind of on the second. Was the whole Jesse Owens subplot? What do you mean? So the scene where Bradley I know, Whitford, I know where it comes up, but what do you mean? He so Bradley Whitford's talking to Chris about how Jesse Owens beat uh, the patriarch of the family, whose name yeah. is some uh, it's escaping me right now um in a sprinting competition to go to the olympics and then yeah. you know jesse owens won in front of hitler obviously the jesse, whole jesse owens, owens thing yeah. but the fact that that inspired in my mind what they're leading toward is so the patriarch the family is now in walter's body mm-hmm. walter sprints around the yeah uh compound at night every night to get into good running shape he's a runner and he runs. i i think the other piece here that i missed earlier was that this Jesse Owens beating him at the Olympics sort of embittered him and led to this fetishization of how athletic black people are. Yeah. Got it. And, and the fact that those like little hints of that stuff keep coming back up where there's the initial Jesse Owens, like, you know, scene with the wall of just Bradley Whitford talking. And then there's the best scene in the movie where Walter is sprinting directly at the guy. And then be the best scene in the movie. Oh it is. my god, it, it is. is so fucking good. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. I don't have a sequence. specific scene that I can tell you right now does is better, but <sighs> I want to talk specifically about that sequence before we move on from oh. what the movie does right. Well, but, but yeah, Mark, okay, let's do point. that then. That was a good transition. Okay. That scene is 
the scariest scene in the movie, I think. He does such a good job of setting it up where things are supposed to be a little bit creepy because he's sneaking around trying to secret, you know, have a secret cigarette, but not really scary. But then because nothing weird being, has happened yet. Yeah, but things just being a little bit off, mm-hmm. you know, and he sees he sees the, the, the housekeeper in the window. Like, things are just a little bit off, and then out of fucking nowhere, the guy just sprints at him. I, it's well, terrifying. And the thing, that, the thing that they do that Jordan Peele does specifically that I love here, or maybe it was his editor, I don't know, but I assume he had a voice here, was you see person sprinting off in the distance, cut to Chris being like, what the hell is that? Cut back to Walter sprinting, but it's in, like, the middle ground, and he's still shaded. Cut to Chris and maybe like one other thing. And Chris is like, what the hell is that? And then the last cut is when he's within like 20 feet of Chris sprinting full speed. He becomes illuminated and then right turn leaves this leaves the frame. It is a really good editing. Yeah, it is cool because it's like the, you know, if you blink, it moves closer to you sort of. Yeah, that's the vibe that it gives, which I, I do agree with. I think the reason this comes across as the example of like this is the best scene in the movie is because this is the most outwardly horror scene in a movie that like we've discussed is kind of defies sub genreization, I guess. Um mm-hmm. I like I like a lot of other scenes more, I think, but they aren't just horror scenes. Like the hypnotization scene is fucking incredible. And it's immediately after this, by the way. I think that scene's better. But it's not necessarily like this is the horror scene of the movie. I think this movie shines in a non-traditional horror format. It just happens to have all of that there running alongside what it is doing. Yeah. Absolutely. But the other thing that I think works so well about that running scene is the music, which is another thing I want to talk about what the movie does right. Because the music in this is like, in some ways, a very classically horror score. You know, a lot of violins and a lot of building themes and a lot of that kind of stuff. But it's also not like anything you've heard in a mainstream horror movie because, I mean, Jordan Peele and Michael Abels is the composer for this, like went out of their way to use traditionally African-American influences on their music and like Swahili beats and that kind of stuff. Well, to Swahili mean, look at the, lyrics look at like the, the intro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I think it works really, really, really well. Um, very cool. It's such a polished piece of film. Y- and yes. It, I mean, it, it, of it. it I, I think you could easily go back and, basically make a case that this movie was uh, apologetically nominated to the to, to you know for all the Oscars as a, as a means of like sort of diversifying everything but this is very clearly an exceptionally well put together movie and that is a revisionist take <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, I, I don't know how common that thought process is out there but I I mean I, I do think there was a little bit of an undercurrent at the time of that of we had to start nominating it's more like black a, filmmakers because it was obvious of that it was so, so whitewashed. White. Yeah. Um, but I but mean, then this that's is, like tokenization. This is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's I, mean, the, I mean, yeah, exactly. We can't use the Oscars as our fucking barometer, dude. <laughs> it's oh, the right, Oscars. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this every, every part of this movie is so intentional. Uh, and while we're still on the music, we should also mention the licensed soundtrack he uses. Like the film, the movie opens with Childish Gambino, right? Yeah, um, Redbone, which, right? which is really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. Redbone. Um, but then also, like, and it it which fits well. And then it also fits that a lot later at the climax of the movie, he's using the uh, "I've had the time of my life." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that song will always be a Family Guy reference. I at, at this point, I can't not think of that. 
I don't even know. I the can't family think guy of reference. that. <clears throat> yep. It's the uh, the old pervy grandpa guy from Family oh, Guy. Oh Jesus! Now I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! It all to you. I forgot. Oh God! I kind of want to forget <laughs> again. I mean, <laughs> go back to the time before. It's. I think it's "Dirty Dancing" is what everybody will always associate the song well, with. Because yeah, still. that's like where the that was the genesis of it. I think was it recorded for that movie? I don't know, but it was that was it was the it, whatever. That's the it's thing. The that pop made it culture. It's the apex. Yes. Yep. Yes. Great. We yeah, got yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have on music. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have a regret for this podcast already. Which is oh that boy. we've we've blown through the cast and we we said that we talked about everybody in it. Who do we miss? But it's I fine. did have an entirely separate bullet point just for Walter's character, played okay. by Marcus Anderson, because every interaction with Walter is fucking out of this world weird. The, the, it, it is so the, eerie. <laughs> the scene the next day, I think it's during the party. Maybe it's before the party. I it's, don't know. When Chris walks out there and he's chopping wood. Yeah, they're setting up for the party, yeah. Oh boy. What he's such a what a weird line delivery. It's so good. <laughs> He's fantastic. Yeah. I can't, I should have written down the, the quotes from it, the specific thing, but he's talking about, she's out of this world or whatever. I mean, she's he channels a 90 something white guy pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh. It would have been, I would have loved to have seen the direction that he got specifically on like his mannerisms. For and, sure. Yeah, I I think this is also something that this movie does middle to a certain extent. Can we get to that part yet? Oh uh, yeah, we can if get you there. Want to, Mark. Yeah. The believability of these people in essentially air quotes playing black or playing black people, so these white humans who are now within the body of a black person. I I think my biggest challenge with this movie is trying to figure out why they still behave the way they do you know like wouldn't wouldn't you expect wouldn't you expect that mr armitage senior whatever the hell his name was would try and put on a little bit more or the guy who's in lakeith stanfield's body wouldn't Mm -hmm. they both try and put on a little bit more of a performance to not freak the hell out of chris why (laughs) maybe I don't know. Why do they care? I, for me, I thought it worked really well because it's like it goes to this kind of weird cult they're in, you know, where they are unchanging in their – why would they change? I mean, so, Mark, is your argument that, like, doing that is going to set him off potentially yes. or more My quickly? argument is that and if they'll, he bails, they'll scare him away. If he bails, they fails? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, worst case scenario, this exact thing happens because he's like, all these black people are acting weird. Oh, one of them was – a missing person that I have a connection to back in New York. Mm-hmm. I better look into this. Oh, he's been kidnapped. Let's get the hell out of here. I don't know. I mean, this ultimately, was a suspension I guess that... of disbelief thing that did not bother me at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously it works from a thematic element, which is why this is still does middle. And I mean, mm-hmm. is a lot of what this movie does right. But from a sort of basic logical test of this, I don't, a part of me is kind of surprised that there isn't another part of this movie where there's like the what happens when white people try and impersonate black people, which would have been like an interesting acting thing on its own right to have like, Keith Stanfield come in and do his best impersonation of a white of a people, white person a white doing person a black person pretending like to be a black person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fucking <laughs> infinite regression of yeah. weirdness at that point. It's uh, what Matrushka, right? I don't know Matrushka, but sure. I- Aren't those the Russian nesting dolls? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, well but that's... That whatever. I know exactly what you're saying. 
But that's my point is you, you don't necessarily have to do it with Walter because he's, mm-hmm. you know, a 98-year-old senior citizen, whatever, who's ostensibly been in this body for a while now and doesn't need to suffer no fools. But, but... Georgina's basically the same. I mean... Well, and Georgina, yeah, Georgina's the same. But Lakeith Stanfield's been missing for four weeks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> is There's... how Okay. How long had it been? Four to six weeks or something like that? I don't know. But... Was it a few months? Maybe it, it was had like four to be or six because months. Because they, she's the lure. I mean, they had no, yeah, but she's... but but uh, I should really look up what his actual name was. But Lakeith Stanfield was kidnapped by Caleb Landry Jones, not by Rose. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they have multiple. But people. he was, I presumed, on the phone with Rose. Like I thought that she was still the lure every time. I mean, I mean, maybe. But if you're just like going to meet a lady. You don't need to have a whole. You don't need to. I just assumed that that was the case, so I thought it was longer. This is just a misunderstanding. It does also, seem like it does seem like they'd probably be a little bit more efficient with that method, where you just well, get the, the burly yeah. kid to tackle and strangle the person, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call Caleb Landry Jones burly. <clears throat> no. Well, we, whatever. He has physicality. Sinewy. We about this Sinewy for sure. <laughs> sure. He's, Sinewy he's, it is. It is fitting. I mean, dude, it was so. Everything was so good that we've already talked about. Like him at the table, <laughs> drunk, being like into MMA is. If you actually train, fucking yeah. perfect. <laughs> it's so good that like everything that he did beast. at dinner that night, <laughs> I was completely enthralled by. And it's also like. Is still rooted in truth, right? You've all been at those dinners with like your in law, your your significant other's family, where somebody does or says something weird yep. and inappropriate. Yep, it's usually me. <laughs> I, that shouldn't surprise you. Yikes! So I had dinner down at the Dairy Queen the other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark, for the record, Lakeith Stanfield plays Andre Hayworth and Logan King. Andre, there you go. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah Logan is what he goes by at the party. Yeah, that's right. Um. I I had um uh Caleb Landry Jones's character in Does Middle because he was I, hard he, right for me. He man. is great, but he's over the top, and it's it's the hardest part of the movie for me to watch. Like it's the part that is the least immersive. I had him in Does Wrong. Uh, I largely agree with your take on this one, Jack. He well, just I don't have anything else in Does Middle. We're so all over the map here. With he him. just he doesn't fit in with the rest of the family. He Are he you sticks out. Kidding me? He sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> he goes from being. This like drunken nincompoop muscle head to a scrub tech and like a, a brain surgeon in the final scenes. Like he's in training. The fuck is happening with this kid? Dude, I don't I've know. Met some doctors They're... who are flat idiots. So well, don't, yeah, I mean, don't I get carried away. Uh, secondarily, I would say that the the family is talented slash at least used to doing this thing where they kind of like put on the face long enough before they go full cult. And I don't have a single problem with there being one of them that like can't contain himself because that's yeah, also the like the role brother, that he I mean, needs that would be the role. Yeah. So I I liked the casting decision just from a pure physical and like what the dude looks like standpoint. And I liked his inclusion in the family. I thought it was entertaining. He just he's so smarmy, and he has weird accent issues at time too. That it just I don't know. It accent felt issues. like he didn't. Yeah, maybe it was just him being drunk on the on. I think the, so. It's not like he's a British scene. guy trying to put on a. No, he came off as like way more Jersey-ish. I don't oh, know. I, I don't, I don't really know. have a great handle on the accents of the East Coast, but he didn't sound like Catherine Keener and Bradley Whitford. <laughs> sure, weren't they? In <laughs> like, oh, Jake. What? This is what the movie does wrong, but I did think of a scene that might rival for me the running scene. But and it's, it's in where... what the movie does wrong. 
No, I said it's not in what the movie does wrong. Oh, but it just what is him. it? It just popped. Uh, when during the party, when uh, he goes up, when Chris goes upstairs, and everybody's Everyone milling just about the silent. house, and the second he crosses the threshold into the upstairs, they're all silent and yeah. look at him. It's so fucking. It's, weird. it's a scene like that where you're like, "Yep, you did go to the Twilight Zone, didn't you?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's and good that's scene. another. That's. I mean, I like that scene. It's another one that is creepy, but also thematically, I'm not. I don't get the logic of it. Like, they're already not constantly talking to him. Like he's floating around the mm-hmm. party, mingling with different groups or whatever. So if he leaves for a moment, he's not. Escaping. What are they so interested what, in? Why do, yeah. Why do they care so much? Yeah. I. There. That stuff does exist in this movie. Maybe it's they, not. Without... I think they're just trying to check out Dad Ass, Mark. Well, but they can't see him at that point because he's gone around the banister. Jack. No, they're seeing that ass as he goes up the stairs. They're just taking, they're just sneaking a peek, catching a glimpse of those warlocks. I mean, you know, that's that's part of the that's literally part of the package they're bidding on later. So yeah, got to do that evaluation. It's part of the due diligence process. Exactly. Uh, that's all, Jake. We can go back to Dust Wrong. I didn't even know we were in what does what it does wrong to be honest. Well, I don't that's really have anything. So it does smoothly wrong. transitioned <laughs> through this whole thing. You could miss it pretty easily. I didn't Good. like, if we're in what the movie does wrong, I really didn't like the inclusion of the box of pictures. I didn't think that scene needed oh to exist. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I had that in the nitpicks just because. Mm. I thought it was big enough. Like, it just, it for a movie, maybe I'm I'm unfairly escalating it, but for a movie that is so completely spot on for most of it, and, and it, movie just, it felt unnecessary and it raised other questions because then, like, we just had a conversation on a couple minutes ago with, um, how what the shit is his name Andre Andre was initially captured I thought that she was the lure and it really stems from the fact that this scene with her and all of her ex-boyfriends or just friends like what we saw with uh Georgina's character but you don't know that it didn't need to exist romantically it could have been romantically you're right you're right could not it might not have been platonic but in any case like it didn't need to be there it was already very obvious and it does stick out in a movie that is a, like all about showing and not telling this is like and now let me just vomit yeah. some exposition onto you yeah i and really didn't from that, i really didn't like it the the nitpick side of things is like okay so she leaves all of these photos in a box directly in front right of an there. open door right on the there. side of the bed that she has Chris sleep on. Well, the thing, well, too, actually, Mark, you're you're selling that a little incorrectly, too, because it is it is just a door that was just open, but it was just a door in the room. Like, that could have happened at any point, and the fact that it's like, now it's open, and he's going to go explore it. And then it kind of <laughs> ruined the next scene, too, where he the keys scene... Like that, it, it ruined the trust a little bit earlier. I mean, the oh trust, yeah, it was. Yeah, probably... no, the key scene would have been would have been the reveal, and for, for that to be the first reveal would have been. Should have been on the cutting room floor, man. And you're yeah. telling me that Georgina went into the room to unplug the phone, but didn't shut the door that has all the, <laughs> all oh the, yeah, the whole oh. uh, exposition closet in it. There's a lot of that stuff, though. Like, I had another nitpick with how they conduct this auction. Well, hold where on, it's like we are not in nitpicks. You yet, might Jeff. need to blow oh. it, dude. Okay, should I just go ahead? Yeah, I, I don't have you, anything else that does I wrong. think you need to do it. <laughs> yep. Okay, Jack, go ahead. We are now in nitpicks. Like, them conducting this auction is like another one where you have to suspend disbelief a lot. Like, they have mm. so much trust in Allison Williams' ability to get this guy to stay 40 feet away and not at all look backwards towards the house. It like, could have been further away. I don't know. It's a big could have been, But even so, like, he could have just walked For up. a and substantial while, period of time. I mean, there's a very large picture of him. On a on an easel, <laughs> <laughs> they just flip it around, and it's just like a complete. It's it's like a Van Gogh. 
<laughs> but even so, what are they going to play? Like, there's this kind of writing, like they try to make it a way they could play off by using bingo cards. But it's like having bingo cards is not going to help them explain that situation. It's a lot weirder. <laughs> and why is it all silent? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's easy for it's the shot. Obviously, it's more stylish. I'm, he, it kind of yeah. has to be silent, though, because he might not be 40 feet away. But he might be 100. And if you hear, like, a carnival fucking barker over there yelling out who's got the lead, <laughs> you're going to know something's weird. Well, he just guys it up like it's bingo, which they're doing anyway. That would be a... You could hear what they're saying, man. You know it's an auction. That, yeah. How do you bid silent. on bingo? I think it had to be silent. It had to be silent. <laughs> it is a... It, I mean, that scene is really great just in how it's executed. But it's a, there's a lot of these. I think I'm getting to the point here is... If you think about it for more than like twenty seconds, mm-hmm. it falls apart. Yeah. It just yeah, completely falls apart. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is a nitpick or a not pick something, but this is something that has stuck with me since the original time I watched this movie. Does the deer actually symbolize anything? I don't know. And also, mm. while we're on the deer, I went and watched that scene frame by frame again this time because it bounces so high in the fucking air when they bash into it's like twelve feet. I in mean, the it air. could have been doing. It could have been like just clipped as it was mid Impala ing. Maybe I think but that at would the be same worse. time. It's not an Impala. If it were no, you'd want it to be low so <laughs> that like you would a white get tail. the. If you got if it was low, you would then get you it, could the whole really action off up. the normal force of the hood. If it, it was it already looked high, too too high up. Yeah, if it was already high, you'd just hit the legs and it would spin. But I agree with you, you Mark. Don't see it feels anyway. It, like, what's it? Who gives feels a shit? like it symbolizes something, but I don't, but I don't know, know what it is. Especially, <laughs> especially because it comes back at the end, right? Like he kills Bradley Whitford by stabbing him with a. Deer. Well, the the reason that comes back at the end is because when they get there and he's like talking shit about the deer and the population running rampant and how one less is good by him. So I don't know if it was deeper than uh, that. Although here's a neat pick with that. I learned uh, just the other day when I was looking at the trivia for this movie, Jordan Peele voiced that dying deer. <laughs> really? He was just sitting there like. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Got to go into the booth. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get myself into this movie. Uh, Mark, back to the point, though. I don't know if there was anything deeper. There might have been, and it could be very obvious, and we just don't know. So it could just be flat out question mark. Okay, let's crowdsource that one. I'm sure. I'm sure if we did like an, a moment of digging, there's probably a YouTube video. Yeah, we're not a fan theory on it. We're not claiming to be smart or prepared. So yeah, <laughs> two things that we have. So never what said the fuck are we besides ourselves. drunk? Well, we provide ratings, as we talked about on a thing a while ago. I think that was the Evil Dead. Um, this is another one that's always stuck with me. But why are there not more black people in this community if they've been replacing people, like systematically replacing people for? Years, yeah. Now? Where I don't, is... I don't think they have. I think they just they've perfected this technique. There's, there's a, a stack, stack of, of Polaroids. There are Not at least Polaroids. eight photos behind Rose once she's like fully unpacked. And I mean, we noticed we so we noticed three people who have been captured and had this operation on them, but there are way more photos than that. Right. You know, it's Walter, not, Georgina, and Andre. Yeah. It's and not then, clear that the people have to stay in the community. No, once they don't. They it could there. be someone. Yeah, you're right. It could be someone from. God knows where that just comes in, pays, gets the whatever the shit that procedure is called done and leaves. I mean, maybe. Yeah. And there is like some weird 
cut element of the story that these were uh, descendants of the Knights Templar or something like that. Oh, so God. Th- maybe that. this is an international thing, but... <laughs> oh, God, I just keep coming back to stuff the movie does right. We never talked about how good the sound editing is, the sound of the spoon along the teacup. Yeah, that's it's good, so too. It is pretty good. Oh, my God. I just keep thinking about what this movie does right. Well. I like the little, the, the tiny little struggle. Obviously, you can't have... Uh, Daniel Kaluuya just fight Catherine Keener, but the when they come in and they realize what's happening and they both just lunge for the teacup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Oh, very very nitpick good. that he didn't like triple tap Caleb Lander Jones's character though. I feel like he seemed dude, pretty dead. There was a pool of blood, <laughs> so maybe nitpick that you get up from that. But he comes from a family that uses Bing, Jake. So you got you can't be too sick. Exactly. So he's got a real <laughs> thick skull. You need is to make sure, you need to make sure that the head is caved in. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Just make sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a great jump scare, too, by the way. when I think that's like the main jump scare of the movie when he jumps out as... I mean, other than the running, movie. which isn't really yeah. that jumpy. Yeah, I wouldn't but call it, that a jump scare, really. That's mm, just a suspense. The first time you see it, scene. it has the sting, so it's the fact that there was nothing... I think it kind of is. And okay. then it builds from there, so it's not... Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards no, but it has qualities of a jump scare. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. I want to talk about the Bing sequence again Why? under a neat pick, guys. Good lord! Because you that had to be product placement, right? That's that's Jordan Peele. Be, that's that's the smartest product because it like also implies stuff about her character and not in a positive way. But he got probably Jack. money for it. So are it's you saying brilliant. that it's product placement on the part of like Google paying no, Jordan no, Peele no. to be like I, I, make her use Bing? Microsoft paid psychopath? to put Bing in. Microsoft this movie. paid for that negative brand sentiment. Yep, <laughs> I think they did. Any pub's good pub, bud. If, There's if, marketing. If there are marketing. Jordan, this is a marketing yeah. case study either way. If they didn't, then yeah. Jordan Peele paid to use Bing, which I mean, worth it. It says a lot about. Yeah, her it's also a lot but... cheaper to use. You know, <laughs> I think did honestly, I don't think that Microsoft paid for that shit, dude. I would bet they did. I would. Are you sure? Did you, this out, you didn't but... like? You didn't happen to like zoom in and make sure it wasn't like Bang.com or something. No, it's like definitely Bing because I zoomed in on it for another neat pick. Uh, Keegan Michael Key is the basketball prospect she's looking at on the <laughs> on the screen at the end of the movie. That's good. That's great. That is really great. Detail oriented. I want to talk about the the surgical suite they have set up. That not is sterile. Not sterile. It's six feet from a from a carpeted hallway with an open door. And when Bradley Whitford goes to like see what's going on, and he ducks himself into the hallway. He just fucking he. Here's the order of operations. He cuts off Stephen Root's skull cap, takes the skull cap off. Brain's just sitting there, just in the cavity. Just and chilling. then he's like, you know what? Now is a good time for me to just go walk out of the sterile field into a carpeted hallway and see where the hell my dumb shit son is. I like that you're so transfixed by the carpeting. <laughs> well, that's big, dude. Carpeting is a big no-no. Well, I mean, yes, it's like in general, much dirtier, right? But. Yeah, anywhere near a sterile field, you don't want any no, carpet or cardboard or, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Except in also, bathrooms. Also, that They're whole good basement is weird. Is there something about the procedure that requires them to use a vacuum tube old school television to, to play the video? Cool no, I think, that's, I think that's pure style. Yeah, same with the, same with the actual Behold the Coagula video. Coagula, I thank mean, you. <laughs> it's super cool, but that's another one of those, think about it for 20 seconds. Is <laughs> I, they try and do some hand-waving with that they've sort of figured out the psychological side of this and you end up accepting the host better if you like understand what's happening that's I guess, literally which is, what steven root's character says right which is exactly why steven root has that little secondary scene that he does 
but that doesn't really justify the the, the CRT or anything that's in there. But whatever. No. <laughs> it was funny though. I think it's pre CRT. I think it's vacuum tube. But whatever. Sure. I I uh I had to fight a Benikoff TV in a game I'm playing the other day. I, I realize that's a thing. I have a <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm moving past it. I have a nitpick <laughs> with the fact that he didn't leave the filling in his ear because the mom's going to come back into the equation. Yeah, it's like your superpower at that point. Yeah. Like, leave it in. There's no reason to not. I mean, unless Do you're they... too scared of, like, someone else other than the mom showing up, so you got to hear, but then I feel like you got to have it ready to go. Don't just I'm... drop it. I'm forgetting this. Do they show you how he, like, looses his wrists or gets his head down to his wrist? Because I spent a decent amount of time, like, trying to figure out how he could get the stuffing into his ears uh, if that sounded weird, I was moving away from my mic, trying to physically. He just threw it. It was. It's all wrist. <laughs> it's all. The, it's all wrist. And then, the and then you gotta catch it. Like like when you throw a grape up in the air and you catch it in your mouth. He was doing that, but with his but ear. Do they do anything to show you that he I don't found recall. a way around that? Yeah. No, they don't. Okay, but I don't care at all. I, I'll tell you what. I definitely it. couldn't do it. I I know. Okay. I keep moving away from my mic. I move away from my mic to breathe in. Star star. I actually do that though, so I, I don't know why people were really joke. getting on Tayzonde. Is that was who Tay-Zonde, it was? Tayzonde. Tayzonde. <laughs> I don't know why people were getting on him about that because that's like a thing that I do too. I yeah, mean, but I was like listening to someone breathe deeply into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also just very weird to put it in his. It's video because he did like a he did like a swimmer style, like I'm coming up for air when I'm yeah. doing. Yeah, it was so precise. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little robotic. Jack, I would I would like to just officially um, make a plea here. Please please don't send us out with chocolate rain. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Really though, don't. <laughs> Why? No. I'm just, just I'm no. vetoing it as an idea. Okay. Is is the chocolate rain problematic now in a way I don't understand? No, it's just kind of a weird thing to juxtapose with Get Out. You know. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's fair. Especially yeah, that's because fair. again, we are a podcast of three white guys. I have, I have yeah. a question, Jack. Did you, in the in the midst of having that conversation, did you forget what movie we were reviewing? No. Okay. Just, just curious. I mean, it's a valid question. I thought maybe Tayzonde had been canceled. No. I think okay. he's still... Fuck. Well, I mean, he's not performing at this point. I don't. Think I should have drank a milk stout because milk, and that's the only kind of beer that has milk in it. Because of the one uh, scene where there's a glass of no, milk? No, it's yeah. not. Well, I mean, what lactose IPAs and stuff. It's, lactose only, it's the only IPA, style of beer yeah. that I can think of that has milk in the name of the beer style. Okay. Yeah. Like and a lactose, like a milkshake. Oh, milkshake IPA. Th- those are gross, though. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are. are gross. Lactose I'd rather drink it. I mean, a milk stout is tremendous. <laughs> milk stouts are good. <laughs> I'm good with my inner world's lager. Whatever, I'm back. What are we talking about? Do we have... What I don't, this? Well, clear, nothing on Get Out anymore. Do we have anything else to say on this movie? What song am I supposed to go out with if I can't use Chocolate Rain? I don't, I don't know. Get creative with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. We over the Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Frasier would rate Rudolph. You know, apparently then, Woody, you're unaware that the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is one of the most unrealistic and therefore potentially damaging in all of children's music. It gives them a horribly distorted view of reality. And for 10, think about Lou Gehrig would rate how lucky he is today. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Stories, the first category to rate these movies. Mark, your pick, your story rating. <clears throat> yeah, I ended up giving it a 9. This is an incredibly 
well-written movie. The script is very punchy is not the right word, but tight. No um, wasted space, yeah. Not a lot of wasted space. The only reason I'm docking it is because there are numerous examples that are there for style, which I'm not penalizing it too much for, but... Basically, if you think about it for more than a few seconds or a few minutes, it kind of starts to come apart. And there's just a few of those little moments where you're yep. just like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, yes. I don't think that's exactly how that would work. Um, yep. But yeah, nine. Very I gave solid. it a nine as well. I could not agree with you more. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention here is obviously like I'm not a film scholar or a filmmaker, but this is what I understand to be like a perfect example of how to use planting and payoff in script writing and but why I it's so important. do drink beer. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I did say the Holiday Inn Express. I am an expert in drinking beer. I'm willing to say that. You're a sister. Uh, not tasting beer, but drinking yeah, beer. Yeah. Oh, okay, um, good. That's a very <laughs> important distinction. I was like, there's yeah, a literal just, name for this. <laughs> no, simply okay. consuming. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, anyway, I gave it a nine. Jake? I gave it an eight, and I had like no reason to disagree with you guys, so I guess I'm <laughs> being harsh for no reason, but I'm also not going to step it up. Eight it's because you're a racist. Eight, you're an asshole. <laughs> Eight it, took us, it took us the entire episode to make that joke. <laughs> now you're showing your true colors, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Eight feels right to me. I, there are those elements, like Mark said, that if you think about it, it starts to pull you out. I don't know why some of that was there. It, other than that, though, super tight, and obviously the story is a good one, so high score. Yeah. I need to go watch that Lindsay Ellis video on plan to get payoff again to make sure I understand it. Uh, world building and immersion is the second category we talk about. Mark, what is your world building and immersion score? I gave it a nine, same same score. Um, and I, I don't really have too much to add here. I think when you're given a script that is this well realized, it's relatively easy to execute and then they went ahead and got an absolutely impeccable cast to do that. And then they did. Uh, and it's an interesting at, at a minimum it's an interesting watch all the way through um the first half of this movie is it is fun in a weird way of it's sort of just like awkward but bradley whitford's charming and katherine keener's charming and you're just kind of getting through going through the strokes of almost reliving like guess who's coming to dinner type of thing and then the back half of the movie is where things really shift and you're intrigued for other reasons because there's like this weird thriller mystery element and like what happened to andre and all this other stuff um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's a very, very watchable movie of nine. Yeah. I give it a 10. Um, all, all yeah. the problems you had with it, like are ones that I agree with that if you think about it, but I didn't think about it. Well, I don't think about it while I'm watching the movie. I mentioned that, like, I still trust Allison Williams halfway through the movie on my fourth viewing. Cause it is that immersive. <laughs> like all of the characters are so well realized. She's incredible. <laughs> All of the horror is so well done, and the situations are all like feel rooted in truth and it grounded. It, it's really, really good. Um, I, I fucking love it. It's a ten. I'm I'm enthralled with this thing, start to finish. Jake, nine and a half. I again agree with both of you. I would have left earlier, I guess, than the character in this movie chose to. He couldn't find his keys. That's why he really loves Allison Williams. Could have called that. He could have called that taxi man. Well, there I you don't go. Know. She says there was a taxi company. <laughs> get, uh, uh, scare factor. Whatever. It's fine. Also, you can call a taxi company, and like they are more than happy to come get your ass if you give them a credit card, because that's yeah, a lot of money. Fuck, yeah. Dude. They're like, wait a minute. Have you not heard of Uber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, shut up. No, we'll be there. <laughs> scare factor. Mark, what's your scare factor score? Um, I gave it a six, and I think this is something that could vary wildly up and down. There's 
great twists scattered throughout. There's good jump scares at the point where uh, Jeremy jumps on Chris as he's trying to escape. There's the incredible scene with Walter sprinting directly at you. It's a brilliant overall concept. Um, but, you know, I'm not going out on a limb here to say that I'm not the target demo here. So uh, <laughs> it's awkward, I think, mostly more than it is creepy, except for the very end of the movie where it does like become like an ex- exceedingly creepy, almost Twilight zone uh, type concept. It is an interesting point, though, when you say target demo, because this movie is like all... The, the horror of this movie could not happen to white people no. such as ourselves. No. You can't really... We cannot put ourselves in But again, in that place. going back to what this movie does correctly, the profound discomfort of this is... I, I That is for a wider audience. Like, this movie was it's made also so to make money by a really brilliant person, and it's going to hit us in a way that is vastly different, but it's there. there are things that are intentional that you should realize as a white human in our society. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I agree with you. I gave it a six. The only thing with which, uh, the only thing I'd quibble with you on is, uh, I, I think it it's elevated past awkward, right? It is genuinely creepy. The weirdness of the interactions and how everything's going on. Like that is actually frightening in an eerie way, more so than just awkward. It's, the it's only... a transition though. There I could think, be both. Overall, yes, absolutely. Where be the beginning yeah. parts, particularly just when he's meeting the family mm-hmm. goes yeah, yeah, from yeah. awkward to yeah. creepy. And the, the defining pivot point there, I think is probably where everyone goes silent once he goes upstairs, because everything before that at the, <laughs> At the, at the party is just they're just kind of like shooting well, the breeze with them. They're asking him weird questions, but they're like the weird questions that white people ask black people well, in an effort to like get to know them. No, that shit stuff. is awkward though. That and that's right, intentionally and that's the, awkward. That's right. like the I, I know Tiger Woods. Like yeah, fuck off. <laughs> and, and that's and that's I think that's kind of part of the point yeah. that uh, Jordan Peele's trying to make here is like that stuff is both awkward and creepy. <laughs> oh, low, by the way, low-key best Allison Williams moment in the movie is during that sequence where they're meeting everyone at the party, and it's like the the woman who they meet inside that w- just will not stop, and she said something <laughs> awkward, and then she comes back with, like, is it actually better, though? Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya's <laughs> yeah. character, he yeah. fucking, like, leaves, and she just, like, the look on her face is so perfect. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. I'm, I'm, Jake, I'm what's your scare factor score? Well, I gave it a five and a half, but I actually gave it a six because I can't pass up this opportunity. There we go. Six, six, six. Nice work. That's going to take us into effects or judicious lack thereof. Mark. I, I wasn't really sure where to go with this one. I gave it a seven. It's mostly mostly judicious lack thereof, but there's so much fucking detail and soundtrack in the background of this that makes the whole thing work. I mean, you could give it a 10 and I wouldn't struggle because it's there's there's nothing really particularly wrong with it. I think it's really more just a yeah, it's level it's, of difficulty that, look, that is preventing I, it from getting higher. You're absolutely right. I gave it a 6. For me, it's the there's like no I don't Jordan Peele wasn't trying to do anything like innovative in the effects space, right? He's just polishing everything to a really high degree. Everything looks great. I will say that every time I watch it, I like the way the sunken place looks a little bit less every single time. Um, you know, just that like Daniel Kaluuya doing the the wire fall down into a pit of darkness. It's just you know, I don't. But whatever, it's. I mean, it's still good. It's really I feel polished, like that's and the soundtrack's incredible. Choice though, it looks it a is. little janky, but it yeah, kind of no, should. I, I don't know. 
<laughs> Either way, I, I don't love it. I give it a six. It's still very high, and everything they do, they do well, Jake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gave it a six and a half. We're pretty much in lockstep with this review, you guys. I don't have much to add. <laughs> I, the, the audio, from an audio perspective, both from soundtrack and uh, what the, they did from an the audio effect standpoint yeah. is oh, really man. quite good. I think it's actually better. Than, well, I say actually like it's a surprise, but it is better than the visual side. Yeah. Then we go to overall, right? Yes. Jesus okay, overall. Christ. Mark, what's your overall? I'm going to add all that You're out. You're going to introduce a new category score? on us this week. <laughs> um, no, the rating system's perfect. It will not be touched. So the, the biggest problem I had coming to a rating with this movie is separating it from its hype. Um, all that said, this is a 10. I I went in kind of looking for ways, honestly, to see if this really was as good as everyone was making it out to be, um, which is kind of a weird headspace to be in when you're watching a movie. And I came up with nothing. I mean, everything, every issue I had with it really comes down to a stylistic choice by the director or by one of the um, actors to do something that heightens the tension or weirdness of a scene instead of the believability. And I'm totally fine with all of that. So, I mean, this is unique. It's It burst onto the scene out of fucking nowhere, caught everybody off guard. Um, and the reason it, it did, did that, I yes. I didn't think it did. What do you mean? What do you mean did it? Yes, it absolutely did. I thought there were, there was everyone everyone was looking at this as like a weird like, novelty. like, shit, Jordan Peele's like, making a horror movie. I don't know. Maybe it's just art. Exactly. It was like talked about a lot in the horror world, but I think the larger populace wasn't ah, like okay, okay. Uh, yeah. You're wagging your finger at me like uh-huh. the, you're going to make a larger point here. I moment, probably but. won't. Okay. Mark, I gave it a ten as well. Okay. Um, it's fucking great. Uh, the the other thing I wanted to mention is that we haven't talked yet about how well the movie weaves in the comedy because there is a lot of comedy in this movie, There's and it a is lot. very funny, unsurprisingly, from Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. But it weaves it in. Tonal in a way that tonally fits and doesn't take away from the creepiness of the rest of the movie. Like some of the scariest scenes happen within minutes of um, his TSA buddy, like going to the police and having the police just fucking crack up at him because of his where she brings the other guys in. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hilarious. And some of the scariest scenes happen like yeah. right after that, and the tone still works. It's brilliantly interwoven. So that blending of comedy and horror works. There, there was there was a either in, individual interview or series of interviews a while ago with Jordan Peele right around the time this movie came out, um, where he talked about exactly that of how horror and comedy are essentially the same thing. You're just telling something to get to a punchline. Except yeah. the punchline is either funny or it makes you gasp. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's yeah. literally the same thing. You just kind of provide different context for stuff. Yeah, and, and I think his like understanding of the interaction of horror and comedy is transcendent. Yes, it, it yeah, it truly is. I think he's one of a kind director right now. Yeah, so I, that, it's a ten for me, Jake. Uh, I hate being the guy that doesn't give it. The Be perfect the asshole score. that doesn't give it a ten. I gave yeah. it an eight and a half. I think would have been our first ten, ten, ten. Uh, yeah, would have, and I don't think this is a ten. This is a really good movie that I definitely don't think is perfect. What this is is a really good movie that I think can capture a much wider swath than your typical horror movie. That's why when Mark was like, "This kind of took the world by storm," I don't think so. Like Katie anticipated this movie; she was stoked. She, fuck, she doesn't fucking pay attention to horror. Like, people knew this was coming, and they were interested in it. And I think that that's a super great thing. And I think it also delivered on that. So these are all, like, good things, which I think is what this really is. But when I boil it down to the horror package, 
it's too much of too many things for me to give this like a perfect horror score. Interesting. It's a very good horror movie, but it's a lot of other things, and I don't think it does the horror thing perfectly. Yeah, no, it's it's well defended, yeah. I think that's well defended. I do think it gets points, even within that umbrella of how this is purely as a horror movie, which I appreciate you bringing it back, since that is the you know point of this podcast. Um, I think it gets massive points for being how how unique it is. Yeah. You I, know? I agree. Also, I don't think it's perfect. Well, <laughs> it okay. doesn't spend enough time doing the horror thing. Like it's 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 so good, but it's so good for so many other reasons. You would have wanted a demogorgon to be in the sunken place. Hundy, <laughs> think about how sick that would have been. And then and then you take a and then you take a flash photograph of somebody who's in the sunken place, and instead of them coming out, the demogorgon comes out. Damn, and dude, starts get like- get out to the sunken place. <laughs> get out of the sunken place. Get out to get out of the sunken place. <laughs> All right, well, let's take us into thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, thumbs up, dude. Which in which is an unexciting segment. <laughs> oh yes. my god, it's a thumbs up. <laughs> I, I, there's a obviously all three of us are giving it a thumbs up, right? Yes. I think that's clear. I do want to say that I was last night playing poker with somebody I considered a friend who had not seen this movie, and I was flabbergasted that he hadn't seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention here, like, so if you haven't seen this, go fucking watch it. It's so good. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is I think when history looks back at the 2010s like this is the best horror movie of the 2010s like this is a classic this will be a classic yes i agree um, with the second part inarguably and like it's definitely arguable as to whether this is the best mo- horror movie of the 2010s i think I history will see it. i think i didn't even think it was the best yes. horror movie of 2017 or whatever year it I came th- out what year did you what so, i would what, have to look at what i gave movie of the year <laughs> but it definitely wasn't get out my my opinion think, on this movie has not changed i think it's great i think it does a lot of things well i don't think it is the best but, horror but, movie no i don't i don't either but i think history you will just fucking it. said it no, did i but I, you're not letting me say my fucking okay, word okay i'm going to stop i'm going to stop yeah this is fun what I'm saying is history will view it as the best horror movie of the 2010s. This is what will be history at the top will of judge. that list. Yeah. I, I do think... history. Okay. What what movie won Best Picture that year? Was that... Oh, that was The Shape of Water. Stop. This is better than The Shape of this Water. Is, this is way better than The Shape of Water. <laughs> this, was that actually This is it? one of those... Was that, I'm pretty that, sure, yeah. True. They were, that was they the were year of like horror movies in the Oscars. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's, but The Shape um, of Water isn't really a horror movie. Well, no, no it but really, it used a horror character. We've talked about that, too. Um, but that is, I, I think that's where it's going to fit in, where everyone's going to go back and be like, the shape of water when best picture. That's a good point. That's a really when good point. get out was in the category. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The, well, but again, you're kind of comparing the two because there is that like horror connection, right? It probably well, had a better chance to win because it was less of a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Shit, I mean, the shape of water did win, had 13 nominations that year. Jesus. It was a good I mean, movie. that's another very well-polished It was thing, a good movie. But it is. Yeah, it is a good movie. Yeah. I mean, came out the same year as Dunkirk, too. Dunkirk might be the other one that people look at and be like, oh, maybe that should have won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of good movies that year. Lady Bird, Phantom Thread. That was a good year. It was movies. 2017, right? Yeah. It was the 2018 nominees, though. Right, yeah. the 90th Oscars. Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. Well, let's do yeah, it. Jack was just going <laughs> to... This is just us reading the Oscars Wikipedia page. Talk more about I, Tanya. All right. This has been episode 216 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to A to Z Hot.com or probably more importantly, come check out any of our social media channels. Those links are going to be right down there in the description below. 
As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're still here hanging out with us, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. The time has never been better because we are continuing to donate all of our Patreon proceeds to a place that actually matters, which is not us. We're, we're putting that towards Feeding America for a second year in a row now, so you'll get all the same great perks, but you'll know that money is going to a good place. As always, the music is coming at you from Super Bear. Their link is going to be down there in the description below as well. Give them a check out. Next week, we're going to a Jack pick. It's Thelma. I know very little about this movie, Jack. Me too. Me too. Like, I know the name because I just said it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. There we'll better be a goes. character named Luis. It's happening around one week from today. I don't fucking know. Until then, get your buddies, grab beers, and go watch horror movies. Those are the three things. Have a great week, everybody. So it was just like if I if I if I bent over at all or like crouch, my pants would just unzip. <laughs>